in West Toronto, born and raised on the school ground is where I spend most of my days welcoming you to the podcast show that's hosted by yours truly, you know. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, it is your friendly Kevin here again on a Wednesday, nonetheless, giving you your regular dose of podcast. That's right. And we started off fresh by singing a little bit of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Maybe next week I might steal the Rick and Morty theme song or um, the the Friends. You know that song. Anyway, with that being said, guys, we got some news to cover. We got some fun to have. So let's dive right into it. For our three pieces of news that we have today, the first one we are going to talk about an avalanche that occurred in eastern Turkey, killing 38 people. So we're going to dive into that, what has been going on with that, how Turkey is operating now with that. With our second piece of news, we are going to talk about treatment for peanut allergies and um, kind of the change that's being going to be made in the U.S. market. And what announcements have been made within the FDA. And with our third and final piece of news, I thought it would only be appropriate to bring us back to the World Health Organization's, um, I guess, their update on how the coronavirus is being dealt with right now, uh, what countries are being affected, and all the details that have to come with that. So with our news segments getting underway we are going to get ready you guys know that it's your boy kevin here and you are listening to a mention with kevin Alright, let's get into our first piece of news. You are listening to episode 26 of I Mentioned with Kevin, obviously, as the theme song has so clearly stated. And today is February 5th, 2020. So, two avalanches in eastern Turkey have killed 38 people, most of them buried by the second snow slide while working to rescue victims of the first, officials said today. Turkey's Disaster and Emergency Authority, AFAD, said 33 people died when the second avalanche hit while they were searching for two more victims of the first snowslide, which killed five people after rescuing eight others. 53 people were injured, the agency says. TV footage from Vans Baksarari District showed dozens of people using shovels and sticks in snowfall and high winds to cut out vehicles that had been buried and toppled in the first avalanche, which occurred Tuesday evening. Van Governor uh, Mehmet Edmund Bilmez said earlier that rescue efforts were continuing but did not say how many people were still believed to be trapped. Interior Minister Salel Selelman Solu said the conditions in the area made it difficult for rescue vehicles to operate, adding a vehicle had been pulled out from under four to five meters of snow. Osmar Ukar, head of AFAD's van office, was hospitalized after being caught in the avalanche. He told 
ELAS news agency from hospital that some 200 people were working in the rescue operation, but many more were out there in the immediate area where the second avalanche hit on uh, in today, Wednesday. I was half buried in snow, he said. I got out by my own means. So it's just terrible to see this, that uh, Turkey is again hit with another disaster within its... Um, within its borders. Um, we heard of a couple weeks back about an earthquake that shook uh, Turkey and some parts of there causing some damage. And so now hearing about an avalanche is obviously uh, very disheartening. Um, so we will be looking to see if there's any survivors from that, um, if there's some more numbers that will be brought back, um, and what the situation is looking like over there. Moving on to our second piece of news, we're going to be talking about peanut allergies. So, the first treatment for peanut allergies is about to hit the market in the United States. A big step towards better care for all kinds of food allergies. But still a long way from a cure. Friday's approval by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration promises to bring some relief to families who have lived in fear of an accidental bite of peanuts at birthday parties and playdates, school cafeterias, and most notorious of all, restaurants. No, they're not that notorious. Sorry, I added that. I added that. Named Palforcia, it was developed by Immune Therapeutics. It's been a life changer, said Nina Nichols, 18 of Washington, whose first encounter with peanuts as a toddler, a peanut butter cracker shared by a friend, required a race to the emergency room. She entered a Palforzia research study as a teen and calls it a security blanket. The treatment is a specialized prepared peanut powder swallowed daily in tiny amounts that are gradually increased over months. It trains children's and teens' bodies to better tolerate peanuts so that an accidental bite is less likely to cause serious reaction or even kill in severe cases. Palforzia users still must avoid peanuts just like they always have. The treatment is not for everyone. Palforzia can cause side effects including, including occasional severe allergic reactions. The FDA is requiring that doctors and their patients enroll in a special safety program and patients must take the first dose and each increased dose under supervision in a certified health center. And if youngsters stop taking the daily dose, they lose the protection. Asked if the company had applied to the Health Canada to market the product, a spokesperson said that they are focused on the U.S. and potential European Union approval and launch. Shots have been used to induce tolerance for allergies to bee stings or pollen. But swallowing an allergen to build tolerance is a new twist, one that scientists call oral immunotherapy. And peanuts are just the first food to be tackled. Tests for eggs, milk, tree nuts are underway. But because of the drawbacks, scientists are also developing next-generation options that work differently. Next up for FDA review, a skin patch for peanut allergies. For so long, we have had nothing to offer these patients, said Dr. Pa Pamela Guerrero of the National Institutes of Health, which funded much of the research that led to food allergy therapies. We finally have treatment. That's a big step. A immune executive said Friday they hope doctors can begin prescribing the treatment in a matter of weeks. They set the treatment's price 
list price at $890 a month. But how much patients will pay depends on their insurance. Immune says it is working with insurance companies for coverage and will offer a patient copay assistance program. Millions of Americans have food allergies, including about 1 in 13 children, and the numbers have increased in recent years. Peanut allergies is the most common among children and among the most dangerous. Accidental exposures are frequent, with 1 in 4 affected children winding up in the emergency room every year. There are an estimated 2.6 million Canadians, including almost 500,000 children, living with food allergies that need to be managed on a daily basis, according to the non-profit organization Food Allergy Canada. What happens? The immune immune system overacts to the food by triggering an inflammatory cascade. On average, children can experience hives, wheezing, or worse, from just a 30th of a single peanut. Sometimes even less, says Dr. Hamnet Sharma, who leads the oral treatment studies at Children's National Hospital in Washington. Until now, all doctors could advise was to read food labels and avoid anything that might contain hidden peanuts. Decades ago, attempts at shots were deemed too risky for food allergies. Then, in 2006, researchers at Duke University and University of Arkansas reported uh, tantalizing signs that swallow treatments might work instead. Doctors prescribed a minuscule palforzia starting dose. The powder stored in a capsule is mixed into an unheated food such as Nichols' favorite fruit smoothies. Patients take the first dose in the doctor's office in case of a bad allergic reaction. Every few weeks, the dose increases until about six months, they're taking the equivalent of about one peanut. In a study of nearly 500 children, two-thirds of those who receive palforzia could eat the equivalent of two peanuts and some three or four, compared to just 4% of patients given a dummy drug. A few hundred allergy doctors around the country already offer their own version of the treatment, using store-bought peanut flour or similar options for food, other food allergies, to customize doses for patients outside of research, research studies. Palforzia users still must carry their rescue medicine, such as EpiPens, to treat, treat severe allergy reactions. Most experience at least mild side effects, such as hives or stomach aches, and about a fifth dropped out of the study, said Dr. Scott Sicheri, a pediatric allergist at Mount Sinai Hospital in New York. As for severe reactions, they struck about 9% of patients treated in the Palforzia study, nearly three times the number in the placebo group, and prompting debate about the drug's usefulness. There is... A trade-off, Scherer said, families and doctors together will have to decide, does it make sense for me or my child? Other allergy treatments in the pipelines are DBV technologies. Viaskin is a daily patch that contains small amounts of peanut protein absorbed through the skin in hopes of fewer side effects. Allergen drops under the tongue are in early stages testing but showed promise in a recent study from the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Shots to block allergic reactions deliver antibodies that tamp out the inflammatory cascade that follows an accidental exposure. 
A Stanford University pilot study suggested a single shot could block a peanut reaction for six, two to six weeks. Palforzia is a step forward, said Children's National Shawarma. What all of us hope for that would be truly revolutionary is a treatment that's curative. That really gets rid of the food allergy permanently. So, very interesting to see about food allergies. I don't know about you guys. Um, I don't have a food allergy. I know a lot of people, actually, who do suffer from food allergies. That be milk or peanuts. Um, but anyway, it's interesting to see that this... I have heard of this in the past, that parents are supposed to... They were too protective of their children in the past generation. That they should be sl slowly and minusculely administering them... Um, peanuts to expose them if they have um, some sort of allergic reaction to that and it's interesting to see that there's kind of um, a process to slowly deliver small quantities of these peanuts um, into their into the system of a child so that they're able to withstand uh, accidentally consuming one or two peanuts which I find is very fascinating and it's interesting to see that this is the next step forward in terms of uh, not entirely finding a cure, but the next step forward in terms of um, how this can be managed. So it's interesting to see this, and it's great to see that the FDA is recognizing it and that they're taking some steps forward to move on with more testing and more studies. So interesting to hear, and I'll, guys, I'll let you know if any other research is brought forward to me and that I find pretty interesting. I will definitely post it back here and you guys can listen to that. All right, going into talking about health, we're going to go into our third piece of news. As all of you have probably heard from other news sources, media sources, or from this podcast in the past, we're going to talk about the coronavirus. So the World Health Organization is launching a major campaign to respond to the coronavirus outbreak, saying 675 million U.S. dollars is needed to help countries around the world prepare for and deal with the virus. Director General Tedros Ad Adhanom Ghebreyesus uh, said more must be done to help affected countries and prevent the spread of the virus, particularly to countries with weaker health infrastructure. The relatively small number of cases outside China give us a window of opportunity to prevent the outbreak from becoming a broader global crisis, he said at a briefing from Geneva. The Director General outlined the organization's response, including efforts to send hundreds of thousands of masks and gloves to China, but he made it clear that a major infusion of funding is needed, saying, invest today or pay more later. This is not a time for fear. This is a time for panic. Oh man, not, not encouraging words. He said, adding, it is a time for rational, evidence-based decisions and investment in efforts to stamp out the virus. On today, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation announced it would commit $100 million uh, to help stamp out the coronavirus outbreak. The money, which includes a previously commitment of $10 million, will go to efforts to detect cases, help patients, and develop treatments and vaccines, the Seattle-based foundation said. Asked about various reports of drug breakthroughs, World Health Organization spokesperson Tarek Jasarovic said that there are no known effective therapeutics against this 2019 NCOV. 
which is I'm assuming the name that they're giving it so so far for this type of this strain of coronavirus. Russia said it would take between eight and ten months to develop a vaccine. Interfax reported scores of Russians began to two weeks of quarantine in Siberia uh, today after being flown from Wuhan. Dr. Michael Ryan, executive director of the World Health Organization Emergency Programs, uh, today praised the efforts of the frontline health workers in China, noting that doctors and nurses were coming into Hubei from all around the country. He called the move a remarkable act of solidarity that illustrates China's efforts to fight the outbreak. Uh, A multinational team with expertise in everything from Virology to vaccine and drug development are expected to go to China soon, World Health Organization officials said, without providing details on who would be on the team or exactly when they would arrive in China. The World Health Organization update comes after Hong Kong's leader says all people entering from the mainland, including Hong Kong residents, will be required to undergo 14 days of quarantine because of the coronavirus outbreak. Carrie Lam said that the measure will take effect on Saturday to allow Hong Kong travelers to take to make necessary arrangements. She said the government is looking for more quarantine facilities in addition to three current camps. Lam said the government has been vigilant and isn't shy away from introducing stringent measures to stem the spread of the virus. Thousands of medical workers have gone on strike in the territory to demand that the border between the mainland be completely shut down. The city government has kept two crossings open, in part to allow food from the mainland to enter. She also said two cruise terminals, including one where a cruise ship is currently under quarantine, will be shut down. Another cruise ship is under quarantine at a Japanese port. Princess Cruises told CBC News that there were 251 Canadians on the Diamond Princess, which is currently off the shore of of the Japanese coast. None of the Canadians tested positive for coronavirus in the first step of screening process, an email from the company said. Lamb said she remains optimistic that the city can overcome the epidemic, but urged all citizens to put aside our differences and get our act together. The World Health Organization said today that 80% of China's coronavirus cases are in central Hubei province and not all provinces have been affected. The outbreak is hitting Hong Kong's Cathay Pacific Airways, which has asked its 27,000 employees to take three weeks of unpaid leave. Whoa, unpaid leave? That's a little insensitive. Maybe you should pay your workers. That's that's a little crazy. Saying conditions were as grave now as during the 2009 financial crisis. I can understand this, but it's 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 more of a health risk than is unpaid. I feel bad for these workers. American Airlines groups and United Airlines said that they would suspend flights to and from Hong Kong after this week, a step that would leave no U.S. carriers flying passengers to the Asian financial hub. As of today, China has reported. 490 deaths and 24,324 confirmed cases of the mainland. In addition, Hong Kong has had 17 cases, including one death. Macau has had 10 cases. Most of the deaths have been in central Hubei province, where illnesses from the new type of coronavirus were first detected in December. The viral outbreak has affected more than 24,500 people globally.
In Singapore, the health minister said uh, today that officials there had confirmed four more cases, including parents and their six-month-old baby. That brings the country's total to 28. This comes after Singapore on Tuesday reported its first case of citizens and residents who had contracted the virus without recent travel to China, where the outbreak first surfaced at the end of last year. Evidence of human-to-human spread outside China surfaced after an international business gathering in Singapore in January was linked to virus cases reported in Malaysia and South Korea, but authorities did not comment on the nature of the conference or the industry involved. Singapore was one of the worst-hit countries outside of China in the 2003 outbreak of Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, SARS, with 33 deaths. Meanwhile, in Canada, health officials in British Columbia announced on Tuesday another presumptive coronavirus case. Dr. Bonnie Henry said the most recent suspected case is a woman in her 50s who lives in the Vancouver area. Members of her family have been in the Hubei province. Henry said, the family members have been minimizing contact with people outside the woman's home where they are staying. Henry said that the woman is isolated and in stable condition at home and Vancouver Coastal Health is following up with anyone the woman has been in contact with. If the British Columbian case is confirmed by the National Testing Laboratory in Winnipeg, it could be Canada's fifth confirmed case. The Public Agency of Canada says the risk in Canada from coronavirus is still low. So that is just your daily update of the coronavirus. It's just interesting to see. Um, It's sad to see that um, places like Singapore, uh, Macau, Hong Kong are starting to deal with more cases, that there's a death within Hong Kong. and so the World Health Organization is trying its best. It's nice to see philanthropists like the Bill Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation putting in some money to help deal with this, putting some resources so that people can prevent the spread. I really find that admirable. And I'm glad that somebody kind of stepped up to pay the bill in that, in that part. Um, but yeah, it's just, um, it's still causing panic in people. Xenophobia is still on the rise because of this. I think people just need to be conscious of uh just i don't know in terms of there being this illness out there um wash your hands thoroughly use good hygiene obviously don't cough um in areas that are highly confined with people um or cough into your uh your own shirt or your elbow or somewhere that you're not spreading anything um don't use this opportunity not opportunity, but the situation is an opportunity to portray or um, project xenophobia. Uh, Anyone can catch this coronavirus. Uh, It's not only Asian people. Um, I don't know why so many people are saying that. Um, It's it's kind of sickening to see kind of like racism poke its ugly head out in here. I think people should just be cautious of what is going on. Practice good health and good hygiene. and with that, just hope for the best. Unfortunately, this this is something that we can't always control. Um, the experts are doing their best to contain this. Let the doctors do what they need to do. Support them in any way if we can. And besides that, let's not make everybody into a giant panic, but let's ensure that uh, life goes on as it is. I do feel very bad, though, 
for those airline workers that are going to be unpaid. I think they should be paid. I don't think it's fair for a million or possibly billion dollar company as Chinese flight airline companies have been increasing in value within the, the current amount of years just in terms of their use and where these flights are going. Um, I don't think it's fair that they get unpaid leave. Maybe like some sort of sick leave would be what that should have been organized, but this is kind of difficult on them. What about some of those lower class or those um, people who have moved away from home? I'm, I'm thinking as a young professional myself of those people who haven't saved a lot and they need to buy their groceries, they need to pay rent, they need to do stuff like that. I think that those companies should be liable to paying them some sort of wage because that's not fair. You have to understand that like landlords and grocery stores are not going to allow them to grab the resources that they need. And I think it's only fair that these million-dollar companies, um, instead of hunkered down, they take care of their employees. Their employees are not just numbers. They're people with lives out there. So I'm sorry if I got a little upset with that, but I, I, I've just kind of been in this mood where I am sick of watching corporations and other leaderships um, take advantage of people, really. And have these high power and, and have all these millions of dollars to their name. But they're not willing to take care of their own employees. I think that is despicable. And I think ultimately they'll be held accountable at the end of their life for all those people. Um, because it was under their responsibility of, as an employer. Um, so that's just my thoughts on that. If you guys have any other thoughts, uh, let me know. My Twitter handle is at Kevin underscore Hobie. Just shoot me a tweet. Uh, with that, guys, before we move on to my fun segment, I just wanted to talk to you guys about um, a cool experience that I had today. Um, so as many of you might know, I live in Toronto. I live in the Toronto area. And to get around, I usually use public transportation because it's pretty good here. We got the subway. We got a great number of buses and streetcars that are able to take me wherever I need to go for the great price of, I think it's $3.20 or $0.25. Anyway, great price. I can I can put it on my Presto card, and there I go, and I can go anywhere in the city. Anyway, today I had the pleasure of taking a bus um, from one of the subway stations, and when the bus rolled in, I noticed this giant sticker, because it's very large, that said that this was an electric bus that I would be riding today for, um, for where I needed to go. And so I was kind of a little excited. Everybody didn't treat it like it was anything special, but I kind of... I was taking notes. I was taking notes. So the first thing that I noticed was how smooth, it, not in terms of suspension, but what, but how smooth the ride was in terms of my audio experience. I noticed that I could hear everything everybody was saying. I didn't need to put my music on full blast because sometimes I like to listen to music while I'm on public transit just to kind of, you know, get me in the zone. And man, was this a pleasant experience. You can't really hear the engine because... The, the it's an electric car uh electric bus at that matter sorry um so it doesn't have a combustion engine and it's not running um very high so it's not um in terms of like the noise pollution that it produces so it was incredibly pleasant to just be on something like this it's funny when it stops it's so quiet and when it goes it's so quiet as well you can hardly almost hear it um and so i thought that was hilarious um, and I heard the buses that were not electric pass by us. So I just see this as a great opportunity 
for many cities out there to kind of incorporate, if you can, these buses. I think they're an amazing resource in terms of turning our city sustainable. And it was a great experience as somebody who loves to see new integrations with sustainable technologies. This one was great, just in terms of like the benefit of noise reduction. I just found so much more peace in that. And I, I started to be a little bit more mindful of the type of buses that are out there. Obviously, there's hybrid buses, and there's also your conventional um, gasoline buses. So it was interesting to hear kind of when they passed by the, the sounds that they made and um, just how much noise pollution was caused by that. So if I urge you to do anything, I urge you to go to your local municipality or uh, your city council or town hall or whatever, and you suggest hey, maybe we should start integrating electric bus technology in our public transportation. We might be cutting the bill. It might be a little expensive at front, but we might have better experiences for people who ride the bus. So that's my tip of the day. So with that being said, guys, let us go into our advice column with Kevin. So here on episode 26, our advisor, our advisor, uh, no, our person who asks your advice puts as their topic, my awesome wife cooks the most boring meals. I don't want to hurt her feelings. So let's get into this problem. She's great and enjoys cooking, but everything has no flavor. She uses salt, pepper, garlic, but it doesn't cover the fact that the light brown baked chicken, not undercooked, has no flavor. She's perfectly happy with it, and my two kids, 14 and 10, don't know any better, so it's fine by them. She doesn't like spicy food, I do, and is scared to cook with much unusual spices. I have ordered a bunch and hope to talk to her into at least trying something new. Maybe that's the best way to go about it, but if you have any other suggestions, I'm all ears. I do cook some dinners for us, but I admit I'm not that great either. So it's hard to point fingers. Can you help? Well, this is a great question. Um, your boy Kevin is a single boy, so he living by himself. That's that's the truth. I have to prepare my own lunches. I because I find them it, it's cheaper than purchasing your lunches, and you can be a little bit healthier with them. And I also prepare my own dinners, ladies. Um, but anyway. With that in regards, <laughs> I don't know why I was trying to flex like that. That was completely unneeded. Anyway, um, your your wife cooks most of the meals, it sounds like. They're boring. Um, I've had this problem before as well with people cooking boring food. Usually, I don't say anything because I don't – I cook my own food, so it doesn't matter. Um, so she uses salt, pepper, and garlic. Great ways to start off. I think one way you can kind of start her off is kind of ask her if she might want to incorporate some other little spices into stuff with chicken. Chicken is great with also like a marinade with like some sort of lemon. Um, you could even add some dill on there, um, some different garnishes like that. I personally am a big fan of cilantro. So I would put a little cilantro on that chicken. It would be so good with some lemon. Mm, mm, mm. Um, but it sounds like your wife doesn't really like spicy foods um, or unusual spices. 
Um, so with that, I really liked your suggestion where you said I ordered a bunch of spices. So yeah, order a bunch of spices, make it look like you've invested a lot into kind of like purchasing these spices and let her know that you really want to use them. Uh, tell her that you, you've kind of gotten complacent with, I don't even know if complacent is the right word, but like uh, you just like to add, don't you, you don't want to be negative about it. You want to say something like, I just want to spice up literally um, our dinners or our meals a little bit more. And I was wondering if we could try these new spices. Try to encourage her to find her very own spice. Now that can be whatever she finds. For me personally, um, I've really fallen in love with smoked paprika. Oh, that's a great one. Dill is an amazing one. Cilantro. Uh, you can obviously not get too much um, paprika or turmeric. I think I love those. Like you, you can just use them and there's different times to use different spices as well. Uh, make a nice marinade with your chicken with teriyaki sauces or there's so much to experiment with that. I personally don't eat chicken that often. I, I rarely do because I'm mostly on a plant-based diet. But when I'm cooking tofu and stuff, I really require to use a lot of spices. Um, garnish stuff with onions as well is great. I'm very Spanish, as you can tell, um, of a lot of the spices that I've just mentioned. So um, I would really recommend that if you can. I would really talk with her. I think the second thing is if you want something done, you kind of have to lead with example. And I think the best way to do that is to experiment with yourself and prepare dinners yourself. Um, I know your wife cooks most of the time from what it sounds like, but I think you need to take that charge and you need to learn. Do some research, man. Learn how to, or woman, uh, maybe this is a, 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 a different type of, maybe you're both wives. Uh, I Okay, we're, we're just going to jump off uh, there. Anyway, um, maybe... You need to do some research and see some videos on YouTube. I know Tasty, one of BuzzFeed's kind of like cooking channels, does some great cooking preparations and stuff like that. I would check out them. Check out what they have. Um, bon Appetit is another great YouTube channel. You can check out some of their kind of cooking hacks and stuff like that. Um, binging with Babbage. There's all sorts of resources out there to kind of research and understand how to make your food taste better. I know obviously your kids probably have a boring palate, but you want to kind of help them explore because it'll help them in the future try different things out. Uh, possibly even talking to friends. I find ultimately what helps me cook with more, well, I, I, I really don't like bland food. I, if you guys have heard before, I'm a hot sauce connoisseur. I love to put hot sauce on everything. I have the last dab. I have, um, we have something called amarilla. Uh, Aji Amarillo, which is Peruvian. We have Tapatio. We have um, what else? All sorts of Valentina. I have all sorts of sauces and stuff like that. So I love that. But what I find really gets me into the cooking mood to try different spices is to look back into my roots, my rich, my rich, beautiful Peruvian Spanish roots, and I look for a recipe with that. That may that be Papa La Huancaina, Carapulca. Um, Ceviche, um, something of that sort. I look at the ingredients that I need and how I can garnish and spice this better. Arroz con pollo is a great one as well. Um, and that kind of gets me hyped up to try to make these food like my abuela or my madre and how they prepare it. So I really suggest trying to get passionate for what you cook because you put it in your body ultimately. I used to 
do the whole kind of like it, it's kind of cool when you're doing it for like gym where you don't want to add too many spices but then it kind of gets eating and cooking becomes more like a chore and you don't want it to be a chore you want it to be an exciting adventure um just today i was dreaming about the plantains that i have and how i'm going to season them and if i want to maybe try to add a little bit of you know, I, I, I season them with salt a little bit when I fry them, but maybe I want to try some paprika this time. You know, working with that, just imagining what you can do with food and how beautiful and loving it can be, especially because you have kids and a wife, how rewarding it feels when you prepare something for them like this. And heck, it might not taste that good the first time. Maybe you need to take a weekend and just try out different um, marinade recipes or things like that and figure it out first and then give it to them. Try it out. I think you need to take the lead. I think you need to encourage it. And I think you finally need to put it into action. So best of luck with the cooking of the chicken. Um, if chicken doesn't work, always remember tofu is a great option. Anyway, with that, guys, I wanted to thank you so much for listening into this Wednesday's episode. You guys have been terrific. Um, so uh, remember, you can check me at my YouTube channel, which is at Kevin Hobie. Um, and it's on YouTube.com. Remember, always brush and floss your teeth, and I will see you guys in the next one. Goodbye.